Hello everyone and welcome to yet another edition of the Royal Ramble. We are back at it again for another week and I do say we because we have a very special guest this week. He is one of my loyal listeners and this week's guest co-host of the program, Rylan Turner. Rylan, how are you? I'm great, I'm great. It's, uh, as I said to you off air, it's, it's hot. It's real hot right now, <laughs> but uh, I'm surviving. Uh, yeah, so definitely one of the hottest days of the year, that's for sure, uh, in Toronto. So usually when I have a guest on, I find that the best place to begin is where it all started for them as a wrestling fan. So Rylan, why don't you tell me a little about yourself uh, and what got you into wrestling? It's funny, a lot of people don't actually have, like, I've asked this question to people before and, and I've gotten varied responses, but nobody really remembers that first moment. I remember my first moment. And it's funny because wrestling is, is now such a, like it's so accessible. Like you have the WWE Network to go to mm-hmm. to find something that you've seen in the past, but maybe you don't remember every detail about it. Well, I did that one day. I, I remember distinctly the first time I ever saw pro wrestling, and it was The Rock cutting a promo, heading into his um, uh, I guess I Quit match with Mankind. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the pay per view was, but it was the Sunday Night Heat that I was just flipping through channels and I saw The Rock cutting this promo, the scathing promo. And it was, it, for whatever reason, I just couldn't take my eyes off the screen. And I mean, at the time, wrestling was very crash crash TV, right? Mm-hmm. It was, it was a lot of, you know, the Attitude Era was in full swing. So I feel like it was like, it was kind of like one of those train wreck situations. Something about it tells you not to look away. Right. And honestly, since then, I mean, like, obviously at the end of the 90s, when I was uh, growing up, like, wrestling was huge. The Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, uh, I'm from Winnipeg, so Chris Jericho was always a big deal for me. Uh, the names go on. Like, I, I, as a kid, was a big Hulk Hogan fan. Not mm-hmm. so much anymore. But um, I, I was Hulk Hogan for Halloween one year. Like, <laughs> I, like a full-on NWO, too. My mom got me the boots and everything. It was great. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I, that, that moment in general. And then, I, it's funny, a lot of people ask, what was your, what are your some of your first earliest memories of wrestling? Mine was the invasion, and you know what? As a kid, I loved it. I mm-hmm. loved the invasion. When I look back now, it's it's awful. It's just it's yeah, just exactly. Terrible. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah it, it, that that era generally that the nine ninety nine to two thousand one that that whatever was going on at that time, it made my head kind of click. And this is since then I've been a, a basically a lifer. Yeah, it's an interesting point in time uh, to come in. Uh, to as a wrestling fan uh during in the midst of the attitude era actually uh so uh, that's that's quite interesting a lot of my friends uh that didn't grow up watching wrestling i would have been about maybe 14 15 at the time and um a lot of people that i knew growing up were only getting to wrestling at that point and i'm like well why are you getting into wrestling at such a later stage in life and a lot of people as you said as you said uh, with your own story just happen to fall fall into it by happenstance it's just um it's just very circumstantial like they just happen to be channel flipping and and there you go so from then up until now what has kept your interest do you think i see like i guess do you remember that commercial when we were growing up where they talked it was a bunch of kids in the school and they're like everyone's got a thing Hmm. wrestling was my thing that was it was always everyone knew growing up that he's the wrestling guy he loves that stuff doesn't matter how fake it is or whatever, or staged or whatever you want to say. Like, it was always my thing. And, and honestly, in 2019, when myself and uh, my cousin Kyle Joseph started Wednesday Night Wall of our podcast, 
having something to do every like i mean we follow AEW. we used to be an nxt and AEW mm-hmm. um uh, exclusive show and, and from there we basically dropped nxt just because it for the longest time there it just once 2.0 kicked in i found it pretty unwatchable i mean right. it, who knows what's going on now because things are things are changing quick in the wwe so it could be watchable soon again but mm-hmm. um getting to sit down and watch dynamite every week um for me it really just it, it's kept me going like it's i found it really interesting I love the dynamic of these new younger guys. I love the like uh, people crap all over this high flying style. Oh, there's no, there's no storytelling anymore. No one right. sells the, an injury anymore. Come on, Matt Jackson spent two years selling his back in Japan exactly, during the yeah. time when the young bucks were 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 thriving. And these are guys who are known for their spot fest matches. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's a lazy excuse for people who just don't understand what people see in it. Right. Um, I've seen the Young Bucks live at a Ring of Honor pay-per-view uh, in Toronto, one of their uh, cross-branded pay-per-views with New Japan. It was, and it was your standard Young Bucks match. It basically felt like it was uh, the best of the Young Bucks thrown into a match against Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, mm-hmm. who were the Super Smash Bros. at the time. And the match was fantastic. Right. It was fantastic. Like, my buddy who I went with, not a Young Bucks fan by any stretch of the imagination, turned to me afterwards and went, yeah, I can't, I can't say that that wasn't good. It was mm-hmm. great. So... Like, that is what it is. I, I find that a lot of people, especially in the uh, SNME radio group that we both belong to, a lot of people have sort of like a selective memory um, in terms of uh, what they like or don't like about pro wrestling. Like, it, people use uh, those those kind of flashback moments uh, to kind of fit their own narrative. They And, and they uh, pick and choose uh, which memories to focus on. Uh, but as you said, the Young Bucks, they're often criticized for no selling and um, and no storytelling. But I mean, I remember a match, a singles match from one of the earlier Dynamites with uh, Matt, I think it was Nick Jackson against Ray Phoenix. I thought oh, Nick did yes. an amazing job. When the, when the Young Bucks had that feud going with the Lucha Brothers at the time, Nick had a great did a great job of selling the, the leg injury throughout that match and, and kind of silencing the naysayers. And, um, and the same goes for a guy like Orange Cassidy. And, and this is a guy that I've criticized time and time again myself. I mean, the character isn't for everybody, but I can't deny the fact that this guy can at least still go in the ring. Not everything that guy does lights my world on fire, but I, I watched the match with Osprey, and I just thought, like, you know, this guy's big time, and he knows he's big time, but he doesn't act like he's big time. Mm-hmm. He's not walking. I don't think. I feel, I feel like he's not walking around with uh, you know any sort of political uh, a- aspiration to be at the, the top of the company right now. I right. think he knows where he's seated, and he's smart enough to accept that and roll with it. Like mm-hmm. this guy's over as all hell. He's more over than half the guys uh, in WWE want to be, and, and right. no one can figure it out. No one can figure out why this character of all characters has you know jumped it and, and become this this phenomenon mm-hmm. and, and honestly i think it, the biggest thing with it is, is you're right he can go in the ring well well yeah. it's, it's all well and good to have the big funny spots with the, mm-hmm. the lazy kicks and and the sloth like movement when that guy hits a suicide dive hope, look out like right. really darby allen i feel like is, is maybe ahead of him right yeah exactly and and my only my main criticism of him though is uh is with the character like I find that there's kind of a disconnect between his his character and his in ring work, um, meaning that 
I find that a character like this doesn't often lend itself uh, to to serious type situations. Like I look at him and I think of like the same the same kind of criticism that I had for like a guy like Eugene, or if you remember the Eugene character back when he yes, did that program yes. with Triple H. It's like this guy. I mean, Eugene Nick Dinsmore. He's a great wrestler as well. Like this guy can go in the ring. He did a great job with the character, as as controversial as it was, of course. But it's just that because the character isn't somebody to take be taken seriously, it kind of creates a disconnect from the character and the match. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. One thing I wanted to address, Rylan, you also have a son, I understand, uh, who recently celebrated a birthday, actually, so happy birthday to that little guy. Do you ever watch wrestling with him, or would you allow him to watch the current wrestling product? I probably wouldn't have him be watching any barbed wire death matches at three years old. I think that, that he'd be a bit young for that. But I have tried. Mm. Uh, something my boss at uh, my day job told me is be prepared for the fact that your son may never like wrestling. Because he mm -hmm. goes, I have ha I have three children. I have two daughters and I have a son. Uh, daughter number one. He's like, I, and he, he goes, I love Star Wars. Daughter number one. Doesn't give a shit about Star Wars. Daughter number two doesn't give a shit about Star Wars. Finally, I have a son. I have a son, and I take him to see the Star Wars movie when it comes out. We leave the theater. I'm like, what did you think? I'm all excited. And he goes, eh, it was all right. And I'll put it to you this way. Uh, I got him an AEW replica world title for Christmas, and when he opened it, he lost his mind. And I lost my mind in, in, in response. I was like, that's awesome. Um <laughs> He hasn't touched it since. There's been a few times where he's asked me to take it off the wall, and then I hand it to him. And I think he knows I'm getting excited, and I'm like, oh, let me get my camera and send a picture to your mother. <laughs> uh, and he just throws it on the ground and goes, no, and runs away from me. Um, he hasn't shown too, too much interest in it yet. Uh, he's got a giant Macho Man Randy Savage uh, stuffed mm -hmm. uh, character, as well as a Kofi Kingston and a Bret Hart. He knows their names. I've gotten him to go, oh, yeah. Uh, so, like... We, we, we have some some bonding in that department, but uh, I'll put it to you this way. Uh, for his birthday this year, he got uh, a, yet another wrestling action figure because it always makes its way in at Christmas and, mm -hmm. and birthdays. And he doesn't care about Jeff Hardy, that's for sure. He <laughs> wants nothing to do. He's, he's all over the, the rest of it, but Jeff Hardy just yeah. sits in the corner alone. I, I would say he's not the only one in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> Now, it's been quite a news-heavy week in the world of pro wrestling, and we've got a lot of hot topics to cover. It was the official start of week one of the Paul Levesque regime, as Mr. Levesque, known to wrestling fans, of course, as Triple H, has taken over as head of creative following the news, of course, of his father-in-law, Vince McMahon's retirement. Uh, firstly, Rylan, I have to ask what you thought of the whole Vince retirement announcement, and after week one of Triple H in control of creative, uh, how do you feel like he's been doing thus far, and, and do you think we'll end up seeing a glimpse of the success he had with, with NXT uh, carried over to the main roster? I think uh, when it comes to Vince, um, I, look, look, like no one can deny that the man had a huge impact on pro wrestling as a whole. The, uh, the biggest impact, uh, mm. probably, um, outside of maybe some, some of the wrestlers. Uh, no one can deny that despite how terrible the person he is. Mm -hmm. uh, but terrible people, uh, I, I, I do believe that uh, eventually what's done in the dark gets brought to the light. Uh, right. and, and I believe that heavily. And obviously that's happened with Vince McMahon. And I say good riddance to somebody who would uh, 
use their power over women in, in such a disgusting way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad that he's being removed. Because honestly, when the news broke, like me and me and my co-host talked about this for weeks and weeks and weeks on our news segment on Wednesday Night Wolf, was it, we didn't think anything was going to happen. We thought mm-hmm. he was going to get by and everything was going to be just, you know, status quo in WWE. But it didn't happen that way this time. But there was a there was a part there was a part of me that thought during this this process that like is this is this really going to be the thing that ends Vince? And when it turned out to be, I'm not going to lie to you, I was nervous for a minute until I saw Triple H get put in that place. Now, mm-hmm. listen, I think Stephanie on the business side of things is a great executive. Right. Uh, no one can deny that. That while while I know that there's a lot of gripe with her, you know, claiming to be the the one that started the female the women's uh, revolution. revolution yeah. W- yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I get that, that that's not accurate. But when it comes to a business side of things, I feel like she's done a very good job, and she always has. Mm-hmm. She's got a mind for this business you know, on that side of things that not a lot of people do. And I think she, part of that comes from growing up and watching her dad mm-hmm. be the cutthroat businessman that he is. Um, Paul, though, he, he gets it. He's got his finger on the trigger of what people want to see right now, and he proved it with NXT for a long time. Mm-hmm. And when he went down with his heart issues... That product took... I mean, it was taking a dive. The competition was hard. Right. AEW was was having a real rough... Or, sorry, AEW was putting them in a real rough spot. Um, and I still feel like there is enough interest in AEW where there's a competition to be had. I don't think we're seeing Raw versus Dynamite, though. I don't think that... That's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to happen like that. Um, however, I, I think that after his first week, he's got a lot of buzz going around. And... A lot of a lot of people don't realize that in pro wrestling, sometimes the buzz you circulate can lead to great, great things. Absolutely, I feel like his. I I, I haven't watched fully summer. I haven't completely watched SummerSlam yet. But mm-hmm. I love seeing Io Shirai get called up, Dakota Kai being brought back, stuff like that. Like these are women that the the you know the the deep, the deep wrestling fans really love these women. And, 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 and really wanted to see them succeed. And, and they would have never succeeded in a WWE run by Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. But in a WWE run by Paul Levesque, they have a chance. And yeah, exactly. that's, I think, that the biggest thing, I think, for, for this whole situation, after week one, anybody who's a free agent right now, the market's opening again. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Men, men and women of all sizes and shapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, speaking of that new faction, uh, Becky Lynch, or sorry Bailey, uh, Dakota Kai, and Io Shirai, uh, we saw that kind of carried over into Raw Monday night. Uh, firstly, I wasn't overly impressed with SummerSlam uh, under the Triple H regime. I thought the opening segment and match was cool, uh, but up until that point, I think that's where it peaked, and then it kind of took a da- hit a downward spiral from that point on. Uh, but so then you on digging Brock in his truck in his tractor. Uh, yeah, I mean, the main event had its moments, but it wasn't, it was just a typical Roman versus Brock match, I found, like, other other than the tractor thing. Um, but it carried over into Raw a little bit with the women. Uh, they did the huge injury angle for Becky Lynch, who is legitimately hurt. She'll be out of action, uh, indefinitely, uh, with a shoulder separation. As I said, we witnessed the the whole angle with, uh, Bailey, Dakota, and Io taking her out. What do you think they do with Becky when she comes back? Do you think that she's now a shoe-in to win the Women's Rumble in January? I think that really depends. on That's, that's a hard question because it, it's very possible that she could. I mean, certainly you, you like to see 
big time stars get those accolades at least more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll say this: I don't think she needs it. I think we've got a, a plethora of women on this roster that could use that rub. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know that you weren't really high on Liv Morgan winning the. Or sorry, you weren't. You, you're, you're, the Liv Morgan situation with Money in the Bank yeah. was a tough spot for you because you thought maybe that she might get, you know, sucker punched or suckered out at, at mm-hmm. SummerSlam. Now. I, I don't necessarily agree with how they're doing things. I think that Ronda's a killer, and you've always got to keep Ronda a killer. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same thing with Shayna Baszler. I feel like they've softened her way too much. Way, right. And I know that that's Liv's next opponent, so exactly, I really hope yeah. that there's rehab to be done on her. But these women who are coming over for, from MMA, they're killers. All of them. Yeah. They're legit female fighters. Like, you can't, you cannot just make them a character. They are right. an extension of themselves, or sorry, uh, an exaggeration of themselves to the fullest degree. Right. Keep them like that. Um, I, I'm happy with her. I think that she's. I, I think that she's well deserving of a title shot. She's come so far. So exactly, far yeah. From the, from where she was at when she started, I feel like even in ring, character wise, popularity wise, uh, the, the 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 documentary did wonders for her. But it's all about consistency with booking, and mm-hmm. that's not something you were never going to get with Vince. Yeah, because Vince it, exactly. is so hot and cold on everybody, right? Triple H will give this time to breathe. Like, he, this is why I feel like I feel like under Vince, we may have saw, seen a different situation at SummerSlam and Ronda might have just run over. Right. Much like she did to uh, to Alexa Bliss while Alexa Bliss was super hot. Right. With, with Liv, I think yeah. I think the, the thing with Liv is, as you said, it's the inconsistency with her booking. Uh, she's been basically a victim of poor timing in my opinion and also poor booking but that of course as you said could definitely change and probably will under the new regime triple h has the complete booking power now so i mean i'm looking forward to see what they do with her i don't know if you watched any of smackdown uh this past week uh but she was heavily booed out of the building almost it um and and it kind of like and and it goes to like what I was saying about her booking and and I didn't think that she was booked very strong all year long. She was she was presented as more of a fluke than an underdog in my opinion, especially in the Becky feud because you know that fans love Becky Lynch. They want to cheer for Becky Lynch and presenting Liv Morgan as the babyface in that feud was I think a huge mistake, especially when her promos are very weak. And nobody is going to want to cheer for her over Becky. And they had to pipe in crowd chants uh, for Liv Morgan that entire feud uh, to make her seem like she was over. And then now that they've kind of taken that away, everybody was chanting at her, you tapped out, you tapped out for uh, when she lost or what she defeated Ronda, but she tapped out to the armbar. And they were kind of booing every, every bit of her promo. So... We'll see how it how it develops in the coming weeks, but it's not a great start for Liv as champion, and I and I hope to see a, a Liv heel turn. Do you do you think it yeah. might be uh, leading that way, uh, given the circumstances? Well, I mean, I didn't see uh, much from SmackDown minus uh, one major return, uh, but I think that makes sense. Like, although I will say, like Ronda's a tailor made heel. Like that, that that almost like I get that they want to run with her as a baby face, but like. I kind of like this woman is is don't get me wrong a phenomenal athlete was a phenomenal champion in the UFC from the time that she was and she's been a transition over from MMA that has transitioned over so well that it's 
seamless for her. It's, she looked, it looks seamless for her. Sometimes. Sometimes there's a, there's a bit left to, to be desired. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like she's an actual wheel, though. I feel like she's she can be slightly unlike. Um, yeah, hundred percent. So like, and, and whereas I feel like Liv Morgan, like she she I would like to see what she could do as a heel, mm-hmm. but I think that's more out of curiosity than f- me feeling like she's a, a good heel or mm-hmm. would be a good heel. I, I I'm willing to accept it. I, I think that Triple H has a plan. I mm-hmm. feel I have way more faith in Triple H turning her heel than Vince turning. Her heel. I'll right. say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and there needs to be for me like some uh, some kind of degree of believability in her character because right now, as you mentioned, like these women coming o- coming over from MMA to pro wrestling, they're killers. They're presented as such. Everybody knows who Ronda Rousey is. Everybody, uh, most people, at least in wrestling, know what Shayna Baszler's background is. There is no believability that Liv Morgan can defeat either one of these women. Or, or as a matter of fact, almost every woman on the roster, there's no believability that they can defeat either one of these women in a straight-up fight. With strong with strong booking, though, that opinion can change. Uh, so yeah, 100%. If, 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 if Liv is turned heel and she starts just killing people going in, then yeah, I, I could see it. I feel like again, she's improved so much in the ring. I, it's just right now we need we need consistency, like you said. Mm-hmm. And it's I, I didn't I didn't foresee all of this these changes um, happening so fast in WWE, and I don't think anyone did. as soon as right. this Vince stuff had come out and when he he announced his retirement. I don't think anyone foresaw the next week things were going to be slightly to majorly different. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like there's going to be things that are going to stay. Like Kevin Dunn's not gone yet, so like. We're going to have the ridiculous camera cuts. We're going to have some of the stuff that we've seen with Kevin Dunn for the last 30, 40 years. Right. Um, but, I mean, like, I'll put it to you this way. I would have never expected, and I don't know if you were going to talk about this in another segment, but I don't think you would have, I, I would have expected Karrion Cross to return <laughs> and put himself in the main event. That's exactly what I was going to lead to. <laughs> right. So I just, it, this is like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's happening very quickly, and I'm not yeah. opposed to any of it. I think that I'm not a big carrying cross guy. I don't want to sit here and try and paint this picture like I'm a super fan. Right. I, I think there's been time. Him and Joe was kind of boring for me. Mm-hmm. I was just, it was a, a, a battle of two guys who wanted to choke each other out. And like, I really love Samoa Joe, but I was like, that wasn't a good performance. I mean, you could tell he had been off for quite mm-hmm. some time. He was gassed at the end of that. And yeah. I, like, and then of course, you're, the, the, what they did with him afterwards, I mean, like, how could you really enjoy that either? But but yeah, I'll let you get into it. Yeah, like like I said, uh, with most characters, it's just a matter of strong booking, and I think they they're off to definitely a good start in repairing the damage that was done to him the first time around on the main roster when he was wearing that ridiculous uh, gladiator outfit and trading wins and wins and losses back and forth with Jeff Hardy. Like that was that was stupid, especially when he was yes. the NXT champion at the time. To bring over your NXT champion and then have him lose so convincingly to a guy like Jeff Hardy, who wasn't even in like anywhere near the main event picture at the time. No. So um, yeah, so I mean, we'll see where it goes from there, but I think it's off to a good start. He's already being positioned in the main event, and any time, like as as many characters that you have circulating around the main event picture, I think that adds credibility to the world title and makes your overall program a lot stronger. 
Right. And I'm not one of those people right now who thinks that the main event in WWE has been... I feel like Roman has done a phenomenal job. I'm mm-hmm. bored of this title, though. But it's been two years. Like right. you're gonna get, you're gonna get some of that burnout, right? Mm-hmm. I th- but I, I do think that credi- credibility wise, this t- this title run is adding credibility to this championship. Yeah, I feel like absolutely. One of the shows, and and just wanted to transition here um, to uh, the other show, the other major show of the week, uh, one that you do watch regularly, AEW Dynamite. Of course, we witnessed some major happenings on that show this week as well, including the turn of the former Undisputed Era on the Young Bucks. Do you find that this turn was a little too premature? Uh, I mean, could they have milked it a bit more, do you think? Uh, yeah, I sure. You, there's an argument for that. But I'll put it to you this way. A child cried on live TV this week. Like, mm-hmm, did they true. need to? Like, that's the, ultimate, that's the ultimate goal, right? You make a kid in the front row ball with eyes <laughs> out. Like, you're doing your job. I, I'll put it to you this way. I think that show ha- relies heavily on the fact that most of its audience watches everything. It watches Dark. It watches Dark Elevation. Right. It watches Rampage and NBTE and all the other the, the, the vlogs that are out. So all these little mini stories that are happening on vlogs with the Young Bucks talking to Hangman backstage and kind of wishing him a happy birthday or whatever the case may be. Like all these things people who watch that show generally pay attention to. Mm-hmm. So... Maybe they haven't milking it for a while, and we just don't. And like people who don't, like I, I watch it religiously forever, but I, I don't watch it as religiously anymore. I'll tune in every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoy it; it's good content. But it's, it, but yeah, just there's not enough hours in the day, mm-hmm. uh, especially with pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I, I loved the term. I thought it was great. I, I, I never thought when that, when Kyle Riley and, and Bobby Fish showed up in AEW, I knew this was coming. And I, I yeah, I think everybody did. Like we don't need a two year Hangman page. Yeah, and we don't need need a two year build to that either. We don't need a Wardlow length build. We don't need a Hangman length mm-hmm. build for that. Omega's coming back soon, so right. it's either going to be the Bucks and Omega or a Bucks the Bucks and and Page, and it doesn't matter which way they go. Um. Like it's going to be great. It'll be a great match. I would love to see uh, Adam Cole against the Bucks. I don't know if I've ever seen that. No. Nope. Uh, so I, I think that's going to be awesome. I mean, it's going to be great TV too. Like Adam Cole cuts ridiculously great promos. I think some of his lines are cheesy. I hate this this it's story time with Adam Cole, baby. Like <laughs> I hear the announcers cringe every time he says that, and I do. Too. Yeah. And of course, uh, John Moxley, uh, the world current world champion, the interim champion, uh, he has this upcoming title match uh, versus Chris Jericho next week. But it hasn't yet been made clear what direction they'll be going with him for the pay-per-view in less than a month. What would you like to see the, them do uh, for an opponent um, for John Moxley at All Out? Who, who would you pick? Well, I feel like CM Punk's not 100% ruled out yet. It being in Chicago, like... Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the, that's where we're going with it, um, and I'll say this: I I mean I've I've enjoyed everything John Moxley's done since he's come back. I I feel like his title run did get stale what the first time he held the title, but um, the, my my biggest issue with John Moxley, and maybe this is going to sound very Jim Cornette of me, not every match needs you to gush blood. Not right. every match. Like I, he had a match when he when he started bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> at, at Forbidden Door, I was just like, "This is not a match that calls for that. This is not." So, and, and I get it; it's part of his character, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, my point is, though, is that I, I, I'm enjoying. I, I'm happy he's got the belt. I'm very much so looking forward to him and Jericho next week. I think that there's a potential that Jericho could win. 
Mm. I, I do. I think that Jericho's... That's interesting. Uh, I mean, like, that's a guy he can always turn it on. And we're getting Lionheart Chris Jericho next week. Let's not right. forget the last survivor of Stu Hart's uh, dungeon or Bruce Hart's training session. <laughs> uh, whichever you want to, you know, whichever you want to call it. Um, like, I, we're, de- we're getting a different version of Chris Jericho, which we did get uh, a couple weeks ago when we saw him and uh, who was it now? Uh, Eddie Kingston. We had the pain. Right. Movie. The many different versions of Chris Jericho. That every time we get a new one, you never really know. I didn't expect Jericho to beat Kingston a couple weeks ago. I did. And I, and I disagreed with the decision to do that. I feel like Kingston needed that win more. And that's that. But... I'm liking what they're doing for, for with, with Moxley right now. I, I would. I'm not going to be disappointed if Jericho wins, but I mean, I still think it's a possibility that it could happen. And if we're going, uh, here's my thing: though. if we're going into All Out in Chicago, and it's the match with Punk, Punk's going to win. It's mm-hmm. I, like because you only get this title run with Punk once. This is something my co-host said to me this week. You only get this title run with Punk once. He's not. He's not going to win the belt multiple times. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. Not at his age, and not not at the style that he, this guy goes at, and, and not he's smart enough to know he doesn't need it mm-hmm. more than once. Uh, I, so uh, it depends on what they're like. What I hope doesn't happen is that we we have Punk beat him, and then he just kind of the Blackpool Combat Club just kind of just moves on. I would like to see a big feud with the two of them. Maybe we yeah, can, exactly. we can get to the next pay per view with that with that too. Mm-hmm. Give Punk FTR. Like then you mm-hmm. then you've, you've got some backup for him. Like and this keeps FTR away from the Bucks for a while, so no one's thinking about that. Yeah, and give him somebody else too. Give him Pillman. Like I don't need Griff Garrison. We don't need it. Um, <laughs> but you know <laughs> what I mean. Like these are guys who I feel like would thrive working with Punk. So I I, I feel like what I would like to see is I would like to see Punk beat him because I think that that just makes the most sense. I don't mm-hmm. Moxley can win the title three, four, five more times. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's not. Well, he's not young. He's not Punk's age. He's going to stay um, over regardless. Exactly. And, and, and don't get me wrong, he's going to retire younger than most given the mm-hmm. style he wrestles at, but that's neither here nor there right now. Right. Um, it'll, I, think, I think what we're going to see it all out is, is him and Punk in a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I don't know the timeline on Punk's, uh, Punk's recovery timeline, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. MJF, I guess, could be another option depending on where that goes, and that's another interesting They've situation. It, They've done it, and they don't. Yeah, they did it last. Often. Was it last year or the year before that they did it? I think. I think it was last year. Yeah, I believe so because I'm. Yeah, because no, no, it was the year. Be- oh, goddamn! I think it was the year before. It was the because- year before. It was actually two. That that feud was almost two years ago. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. I loved that feud too. Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. not trying to, to, to harp on it, but like they've done it, and I feel like the unfortunately the build with uh, with MJF right now is MJF and Tony Khan. So we gotta. <laughs> I don't feel like John Moxley's Tony Khan's uh, his guy. Hmm. Right on. Uh, great stuff, Rylan. Uh, thank you again for joining me, and to the listeners out there, uh, be sure to check out his podcast as well. Wednesday night wallop. Uh, For Rylan Alexander, I'm Blaine the Brain. Uh, I'll be back next week, of course, uh, but I'll be signing off as always with an ABC.